Welcome to the second episode 21. I'm your host, Scott O'Dell, <laughs> but I am not a werewolf. Cody's laughing because it actually is the second episode. Of oh, the second this is the second 21. episode 21. So this is officially going to be episode 21. We, I, I think I should start by saying we have some apologies to make. I'm not yeah. a werewolf. Co- actually, Cody has literally nothing to apologize for. One of us is clearly a werewolf because they deleted an episode. It wasn't me. It was your computer. You I think you're responsible the for the computer. I blame Apple. So, folks, what happened uh, two weeks ago, we recorded a podcast with Floyd Pretz, um, who is an amazing game designer, and we'll talk a little bit about some of his stuff today. Um, and we recorded a great interview. It was very compelling. Um, unfortunately, Scott's computer had full storage and don't, it don't, deleted the entire episode. Don't undersell how good that episode was it was i've got like i don't know how but we all got handsomer as we recorded it was amazing there was like like i like at one point i felt like i was floating like above us like watching us and it was uh, like i was crying like ghost tears from in my spirit (laughs) It it was transcendent it was pretty good but um it so was the most epic 60 minutes of radio ever recorded it unfortunately it got deleted um we we contacted floyd we asked him you know if he would be willing to come back or whether he thought it was better that um we kind of just summarize some of the interview he he's really busy right now and we're yeah, going to talk about actually, today why he's very busy and he literally he literally said you are dead to me now so i think that just means like later we can re- I didn't re-record hear that part. that those yeah. were his exact words and i don't quite get that what that means like i feel like what's what is that well he thought the episode there? was so good that he too was out of his body floating above so uh, absolutely it, we were all dead and yeah. he was a ghost the, the fact that he couldn't relive that experience through podcast uh, mapping a woman i've never seen before open the door just threw a baby in here and just said <laughs> you guys take care of this you, you four have... men who play yeah. board games would clearly be better yes. at raising this That's child than the person the who is actually his parent is what they said yeah so uh jeff you didn't deny being a werewolf so mm. well yeah you're right speaking of werewolf we have a lot of stuff to talk <laughs> this about is this is my card <laughs> Like we used for, to play werewolf with playing cards. People would always do that. This is my card. You can't do that. That's no. You can't show your card. You can't. I, I don't. I don't know. So yes, like that, show their like when we used to play with playing cards. We're mm-hmm. like all the kings are werewolves. Anything yeah. else is a. People would be like, I can't be a werewolf. I'm the nine of clubs. That's like oh. one of three rules in werewolf. Yeah, I know. Can't open your eyes. You can't show your card when you die or at any point in the game. But what if you brought extra cards? And you can't talk when you're dead. And, you sh- and so you can put a different card in front of your werewolf card. That would be epic. So okay, anyway. I feel like I'm a pretty good werewolf moderator. Eric Are Adam you? Schick would disagree because I didn't. I, he, we got to a final three and there was a kerfuffle. He didn't think I did something right. But I don't know that I've ever played actual regular werewolf without it being like one night. I don't think I've ever played an actual game of werewolf or mafia. Have you played mafioso? No. Have you played what is what else does it go by? I mean, I, I know That's the game. It. I just have never played it. You, you don't know what we use as our reference in our opening, and I know the game. Okay, I just have never played it. 
He's like the like fat old guy who sits on the couch and watches football every weekend. He knows the game. I'm not like that. <laughs> I am that. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for you, you watch more football on Saturdays, don't you? I do watch more footballs yeah. on Saturdays. Footballs. Um, shall we talk about uh, what we are currently drinking slash eating for one of us? Oh, yeah. You, why don't you start since you're the one slash right. eating? I'm slash eating. I'm also slash drinking a traditional latte, which is... Two perfectly extracted espresso shots uh, in 10 ounces of gloriously frothed microfoam, whole milk. It's delightful. Uh, and I'm also eating a day-old donut. Uh, it's pairing fairly well because it's a donut, and it goes with literally everything. It had a pretzel a on it. I it did have a pretzel. It was a sweet and salty from Scratch Bakery, which we have started getting at Spielbound on Sundays. Um, they're delightful. They don't usually last till Monday. No. And uh, this was the last one. I took it. I'm eating it. And like I said, it's perfect because it's a donut. Jeff, what are you drinking? I am currently drinking a traditional cappuccino. Um, I've been on a more traditional coffee kick. I'm not. I'm now doing mostly black coffee. Mm. You didn't used to drink coffee, did you? I, I used to drink coffee for years. Yeah, but it was like the sugary stuff at that. No, I, I drink coffee at work. I don't okay. usually drink it at night, which is usually when well, you see Well, is that coffee really coffee at work? Oh, we, we, we have a coffee trade in the English department. Um, they, they have, like, the Folgers downstairs. We have a coffee trade in the English department. Our rule is that it has to be organic or free trade. And we – it is brewed, but it's, it's But not coffee. both? It can be both okay. and or free trade. Oh, there it is. Important slash. Um, uh, Scott, what are you drinking? I'm not as fancy as you guys. I am drinking a beer. I'm drinking peach trees Saison Blanc, and it's very summery. It's – a little fruity. How was it? What is it? It's peach trees. It's a saison. It's called saison blanc. 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 Oh, there is B L A N C H E. I, I think it's Blanche, like a, like, <laughs> a, like an old lady <laughs> I name. Saison. Rue McClanahan actually I'll made that. that saison Blanche. I mean, Blanche. I have been criticized for my pronunciation on this show once or twice, but I'm pretty sure it's not Blanche. It might be Blanche. <laughs> uh. It's yeah, and it's cool because it's in like a uh, it's in a glass bottle that looks like an old timey jug. It's a fatty. What did you, it's you a short fatty. You yeah. said peach tree. Yeah, it's peace tree. Is it really peace it's tree? It's peace tree. Peace tree. Oh my god! Wow, I got that. As wrong. in like no war, tree. Yeah, huh. kind of. It's kind of. It does have that like. Uh, it's funny. Flower that children. E looks nothing like an it's H. Funny Don't try to defend him. No, the the like there's like a flower child, like a hippie Uh-oh. hippie uh, graphic right. design. And I've actually like this this brewery is from Iowa, like. I've known about this brewery for a long time and always thought it was peach tree. Peace tree. You maybe it's s- a different brewing company. No, I <laughs> I think maybe. Time to consult I like, Google. I like that you made him pause. <laughs> His whole world's a lie. There are It's I'll- either two different breweries or he really offended that guy on that tour. It's one of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's definitely Peace Tree. It's, it's been Peace yeah. Tree the whole time. Moron kept calling it Peach Tree like it was a Schnapps <laughs> company. Ooh, that's, that's the that's the owner of Peace Tree talking about you after you left the tour. You know what's peaceful? I heard he's a big gamer. He listens to this podcast. You know what's peaceful? <laughs> playing board games. What have you been playing? Oh well, Scott and I have had the uh, the pleasure of diving into dungeons. Uh, not together though. Only one at a time. Uh, we've been playing. Scott, you want to you want to take this? Welcome oh. to the dungeon. 
We have fun and games. Yeah, welcome to the dungeon. Uh, I prefer very much its original Japanese name, which is <laughs> which is terrible. Which is Mandom. Like they took kingdom <laughs> and then they replaced king with the word man. It's Mandom. That's amazing. That's like such a weird. I uh, love it. So anyway, welcome to the uh, dungeon. Sounds like a bad Jimmy Kimmel show from the nineties. Yes. Yes. That's exactly. <laughs> Uh, and it is a, a, a Scott. Would you even always say micro game? Is it small it's, enough to be a micro game? It's definitely a micro game, um, and it has a lot of similarities with Love Letter. Um, do you want to explain the premise? Yeah, I'll explain all the stuff that has nothing to do with Love Letter because only, explain, only until you why it is Love once Letter. Once you just lost like six viewers yeah. right there when you said that sentence. Once what? you uh, once it's you like Love Letter, it is like Love Letter. Once you've played it, you go, oh, this is like Love Letter, but only after you understand the game. So in Welcome to the Dungeon, you, uh, you, what you do for 15 minutes is you sing the first line to Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle. Over and over again. Oh, yeah, that's all we do. Uh, you, It's a p- pressure luck game. So without going too deep into these tiny mechanics, uh, there are one of four heroes available. And they'll, they'll be set out on the board with about six pieces of equipment. Uh, and then there's a deck of cards that all have a monster on the on the underside of them. And if you choose to grab on your turn one of those cards, uh, it will be a monster from level 1 to 9. And you can either put that monster in the dungeon that somebody will have to fight. Or you can discard that monster and eliminate one of the hero's uh, pieces of equipment. And you get to pick which piece of equipment. So each time somebody grabs a card off the deck, they're either making the dungeon more difficult to walk through... Or they're making the hero worse at fighting monsters. So every time you decide, okay, I'm going to draw a card, you make it harder to succeed at at, uh, diving through the dungeon. Uh, Eventually, people will start passing. Once everybody but one person has passed, that person then has to flip the monsters over one by one with whatever gear he's got left and attempt to hack his way through the dungeon that you've built together. Uh, If they succeed, they get a point. If they lose, they take a damage if you take two damage, you are out of the game. And if you succeed twice, you win the game. It takes about 15 minutes. Uh, I would say it takes about six minutes to actually understand how you're pressing your luck. You get that you're pressing your luck, but eventually you learn how good the heroes are at diving into the dungeons. Uh, and then it was really smooth and it was a really fun game. I really enjoyed it. Really. Out of 10, what would you what would you give it? Really. That's a that's not a number. Oh really? Oh, I would give it an oh really, uh, which is what Scott <laughs> says every time anybody draws a card. <laughs> oh really? Uh, I would say out of ten, I would probably give this. I don't know, like an eight. That's a good score. Eight's really high. No, it's it's really good. Um, I worry that it will be much like Love Letter. So it's like Love Letter in a couple ways. You, it's round based. You have to win two rounds to win the game. Uh, the other reason it's like Love Letter is because it's a card game with a very limited number of cards. And when you draw cards and you place them face down in the dungeon that have their strength is how much damage it does to your adventurer. All adventurers have 11 health. So if I draw the nine dragon and I put it in there, I have that knowledge that there's a dragon in there no one else does. So if someone discards the item that kills the dragon, I'm probably going to pass. And bow out. So that's why it's Love Letter is because you can get you get secret knowledge of the cards. The other reason it's like Love Letter is because it's in a small box and it's a micro game that can be played that can be played and it can end very quickly. Like you can end a game of Enter the Dungeon in 
five minutes, which I've experienced. And then the next day I experienced a game that took 30 minutes. And the guy who won, his name's Cody, not you, but a different Cody. Not me. He never entered the dungeon. So me, my wife, and his wife all died. So we entered the dungeon six times, or actually it was eight times. Two of us had successes. And we all died. And he literally didn't, he literally won the game, entered the dungeon without entering the dungeon, which I thought was a little lame. So here's my problem with comparing it to Love Letter. I think there Ooh, are like... problem. You don't like I, Love Letter, right? Well, I, I am indifferent on Love Letter. I'll play it if people want to play it, but I'll try to quickly move on to the next thing. There are like six games that board gamers like to compare things to. If it's a micro game, it's Love Letter. If it's a resource management game, it's Catan. If it's a, like a map area control game it's ticket to ride like there's there's just not there love letter seems like just the common answer if something is short is this game really like love letter or is it just short it's really like love letter the ability to learn the cards and develop strategy based on uh that finite number of cards and it really does the first couple times we played it played rounds i didn't um I didn't feel much strategy. I was just sort of going, and I was like, oh, yeah. it was all tactical. But eventually, like Scott was pointing out, it really did become valuable to be the one putting monsters in the dungeon because you knew what could be defeated given the equipment that the hero still had. And once that hero, once that uh, equipment that caused the dungeon to be literally unbeatable, you could just dive right out of the game. You could you could just dive out. So the the idea that, that the more you know the cards, the more strategy develops – um, and the game got better once the the, the table got familiar. Right. And it wasn't unfun before that. It was still fun just sort of diving through and being like, oh, look at that. Oh, he almost died. Like there's a really cool mage piece of equipment. That's, most of the cards, there's two of. Like there's like uh, there's like eight monster types and seven of them ha- are – there's two of each. And so one of the pieces of equipment is the mage. And even if he dies, if he has that piece of equipment, if there's no duplicates in the dungeon – he still succeeds. Like he, it's like this like scroll that lets him just defeat all unique monsters at the end of the dungeon dive. So that's like this exciting thing where you know that he's got the scroll there, and I know that I didn't put any duplicates in. And okay, I can push my luck, and maybe. And you know, Scott had a cool one where he dove in and should have died, but did. And you know, died on the second monster, but then six monsters later, and there were no duplicates over right. one. So how big is this deck then? 13 it's 13 cards oh wow there's there's 13 monsters is it 13 yes it and it is like love letter for another reason it's like love letter because it's in my opinion suffers from the same problem that love letter does that as a game that's that simple and that portable the idea behind it is kind of this is going to be something i play with new people right Mm -hmm. the problem is once you've played you're going to be you're just going to be inherently better at the game um and the other problem is is like I, I don't. I've I don't enjoyed, know that Love Letter actually has that problem. I don't know that I agree with you. Yeah, I, I always it, love, letter love Letter doesn't have that problem like in an extreme way. But the first time people play, I mean, it is one of those things where you kind of have to play. You have to play it twice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's why Love Letter is kind of good, is because it is round based. So maybe by rounds three or four, the other players are gonna yeah. figure it out. And maybe they're gonna target you because you taught them the game and yeah, you're doing right. better. But it does. It does kind of suffer from the like Love Letter. I've played so much that I don't necessarily need to play it anymore. Mm. Um, Enter the Dungeon I can feel will be the same way like I think it's going to be on my 10 by 10 just because I've already played it six times so why not I do think that that is cheating that you are creating your 10 by 10 you're supposed to call your shot before but you know what 
It's his New Year's resolution. How? He just decided to play any know. 10 games. Let's, I don't even know that game exists. This is, our, okay. this is our topic of the show. Uh, we got to save so it. So the okay. other use, I think, for that, not just teaching new players, but I think it's that really common filler thing where yes. you're waiting yeah. for people to show up to a party or maybe you're trying to get Captain Sonar because you've got it on your 10 by 10 and there's only seven of you, so some of you will play Love Letter and others of you will go drink beer on the patio until the eighth person arrives and you can play Captain Sonar. And then the eighth person brings their significant other and Captain Captain Sonar is then. And then I, I rage quit. I did use this game as a filler between the game that made me rage, which was originally going to be the topic, which we thought was a negative topic, so we didn't do it, which was Gamer Rage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I taught that same group of people, Imhotep. Um, oh, yeah. Which I like. It holds up. It still suffers from, it just doesn't have enough variability. Like, it just... It just doesn't seem like the replay value is there, and I said they could fix that, but simply by releasing an expansion board or two. So or in, in the um, like dictionary of spielcastisms, uh, holds up. We use a lot. I don't know if I've ever actually defined it. What do you mean specifically when you say this game holds up? I don't. So what happens with a lot of board gamers, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, is they play a game once, and it is the best game ever, and they cannot imagine looking at their board game shelf and not owning it. So they buy it and they put it on their shelves and they play it a second and a third time. And then they're like, okay, it doesn't, you know, didn't really have that magic experience the first time. And then like pretty soon they never want to play it again. Hmm. So when I say holds up, I mean, there's always a recency bias. Whenever a new game comes out, it's the new hotness. And we're all like, it's the new hotness. Have you played the new game? Have you played the new game? And then Terrifying we play it. Mars, yes. And then three months later, you think about it. Cause that's what we were talking about with welcome to the dungeon. Like, are we going to be playing this game six months later? Are we going to be playing this game six years later? And definitely not six years later, or maybe not even six months later. I like to call this the rattle battle effect. Because <laughs> the first time I played this game, I was that game, I was like, OMG. Greatest concept for a game ever. And then the second time I played it, I was like, that was that's weird. That wasn't my experience the first time. Have we and then so- I played it with you guys and I'm like, I'm never playing it again. Have we sold all of our rattle battles yet at Spielbound, Scott? Do you know? We must we must have. Hopefully, okay. because I just <laughs> opened that box and yeah, for those for those longtime listeners who remember our rattle battle experience, I don't know that we ever actually said on it on the podcast what happened with that. Oh, we we did. We did. We talked oh, about okay. it. Yeah, we torched rattle battle. We all played it together after recording. Then the next time we got together, we talked about how awful it was. And then like two days later, uh, it was the member sale game. <laughs> yeah, at Spielbound of the week. <laughs> See, that's that's how people know that we're nonpartisan. We are exactly. not being paid yeah. off by yeah. by Spiel Evil Spielbound Corporation. Caleb was not happy. Not when we only, torched. He's like, we were going to put that game on sale, not, and I was like, well, it deserves to be on. Not sale. only are are we not paid <laughs> off, but we're literally not communicating in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Correct. Oh, Our man. lack of communication is costing the company yeah. money. No, I think it's good. We should, we should have journalistic integrity. Absolutely. And, um, and, you know, that would be fun to come down to Spielbound and play Rattle Battle, knowing that the game is terrible, because uh, it's fun to play terrible games once. Yes. So so the thing I'll say about um, Imhotep compared... So I think Imhotep holds up from a game mechanic point of view. Um, there's no theme to that game. I whatever. agree. I, put, I played it recently, too. And Did you? It, 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 there's just some really good decisions, and, and the decisions are right. simple enough that people new to the game can still understand the the simple decision right. in front of them with the weight. Yeah. So I taught some friends, um, and my wife already knew how to play. Um, my friend Dana decided very quickly that there's two major decisions at the macro level on that game. Every time you take a turn, you make the decision, am I going to try to screw someone else over or help myself? 
And screwing <laughs> someone else over in a four-player game doesn't really help you, right? Like in a two-player game, it's a zero-sum, right? If you screw someone else, you're helping yourself. And that game, I think, pre- pre- presents the meaningful decision of, am I going to play spitefully? And, you know, if someone puts mm-hmm. two of their cubes on a, on a boat and they send it somewhere... You know, and I send it somewhere bad for them. That's a good, deci- that's bad for them, but it's not really that good for them. And both my wife and Dana quickly realized that they should do that to me. And so it was mm. just like, okay, well, I'm not going to win, but neither are you guys. <laughs> and I kind of went a little on tilt. I was just like, no one talked to me. Yeah, that's like, a good way to make you mad, actually. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And they, guess what? They didn't win, and neither did I. <laughs> but who's counting? Who's it, keeping score anyway? It, it, so it still does. If you have up. the BG stats app, then everyone's keeping score. Uh, so the cool we, thing I'll say about Emotaps really score. quick is I taught um, Enter the Dungeon or Welcome to the Dungeon. Welcome to the Dungeon! Back to back with Emotep. Yeah. Emotep is just easier for, like, it's just people get it mm. quicker, it seems like. Then Welcome to the Dungeon? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, 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 not, that's not good for that's, a micro game. But that's not a slight. Again, because when you play Love Letter, people don't get it and don't necessarily instantly understand it, especially newer newer players. That's not that's not an indictment of Enter the Dungeon. It is a positive of Emotep in that it is just that easy. Yes. And and because it kind of, you know, it kind of ramps up. Like, you know, yeah. Well, that's the that's why it was nominated for Game of the Year. That's the sort of game that gets nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, the three this year were Emhotep, Karuba, and Codenames. You can explain. I can explain all three of those games to you in less than two minutes total. Yeah. I mean, the general sense. No. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jeff, uh, what, what have you been playing? playing? Also, I would say for the last four weeks, what have you been playing? Because you talked about something uh, in the <gasps> oh, secret first, you're right. the secret first episode twenty one. Which actually, um, Scott, I didn't tell you this, but I found. Some of the record, like some of the tracks, and so I just went ahead and uh, re-uploaded them to episode fifteen. So like I just made episode fifteen longer. So you can go back there and look for the lost episode twenty one dash one. So anyway, what have you been playing, Jeff? <laughs> oh, so this actually, I, I was not coming in prepared to talk to this because I thought I'd talked about it, but it was deleted. So the major game that I've been playing is called Gloomhaven. This is the new legacy game from Isaac Childress, I think is his last name. Um, it is, it's a legacy game kind of, if you really wanted to with this game, you could set it up where you didn't write on the board and put stickers and you'd be okay. Mm -hmm. But there are stickers and there is writing on the board. And essentially, uh, the game is you are a group of mercenaries going on missions to, um, defeat baddies and collect loot and do all of these things. And because you're mercenaries, you're, you're looking out for the group because you want to live, but you're also looking out mainly for yourself. And so every single one of these mercenaries has a personal goal that they are trying to achieve. For example, maybe you need to collect 100 gold, or maybe you need to kill X type of monster, or you mm. need to complete missions in these areas of the board. Um, and the cool thing about the game is there are 17 character classes and each of these character classes are intensely different from one another there. And some of them are similar to like character classes you see on D and D or whatever, but mo- they're, they're all very, very unique. There's 17 character classes at the beginning of the game. Only six of them are unlocked. And once a character completes their personal goal, which takes a long time, they're, they're hefty personal goals, like multiple missions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the one I had, I had to complete missions in nine areas of the board, which you'd think would be nine missions. But if everyone else wants to go to that mission and we've already been to that area of the board, like I can, I can push going over here as much as possible, but you know, 
you're not really supposed to reveal your personal mission. And people also think that you're maybe doing it only because of your personal mission. So then they don't want to go there. Um, but Wait, when you complete people the don't, People don't want you to complete your personal mission? They, it's not that they don't want you to. It's that they're also trying to complete theirs. And mm. they don't want to do something only because it helps you. Oh, because it's, cause functionally it's suboptimal to winning the game yes. to just be helping people with their missions. Yes. So okay. you win the game by completing your mission? No, that's how you no, no, no. When, you com- when you complete your mission, you reti- your character retires. It's mandatory, and then you get usually a new character class that you unlock. And when then you say you can- retires. Does that mean an assassin comes and shoots them in the head? No, they retire. You can never escape the field of mercy. And actually, all of the character <laughs> classes are then available to you. But usually, you want to play that one that you just unlocked because the personal missions usually have something to do with the one that you are unlocking. Hmm. So this is neither a cooperative nor a. It is. Cooperative. It is cooperative. Okay, but you want to cooperate the best. You 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 want to cooperate <laughs> while looking out. It's it's, it's almost like, like Dead of Winter without a traitor mechanic. We're like you want to cooperate, but you also want to make sure you get your stuff done. What in the game is keeping you from just telling people what you're trying to do? It says you're just not supposed to talk about your personal missions. Mm. And people, like I said, people are less likely to do what you want if they know that it's you're only doing that because you're trying to complete your personal mission because they're trying to advance the game along as well as complete theirs yeah so if they they know that this scenario has a lot more loot and it advances the game along and you only want to go over there to complete your personal mission then why the heck would they do that so that's cool it's it's a very very fun game the mechanics are really really slick it's actually it's a kind of a dungeon crawly game but it's almost like a euro dungeon crawler um so when so my problem with dungeon crawlers is that it just ends up being like moving your character across squares. Like, does it combat that or is it pretty heavily just, Hey, you can move that guy for over four squares that way and then block that thing. So yes. Um, but because the character classes are so different, um, you really get, it really does require cooperation because you don't have enough mental capacity or maybe you do and you're really smart, but you you don't don't have enough mental capacity to like, to know what everyone's character (laughs) is really good at. Like you might get a general sense like, Oh, he's the healer and he's kind of really fast and he's a kind of the attacker, but you don't, you don't remember all of the intricate details of each of their cards and what they do. And because those character classes are so different, it requires you to, say like don't worry about this enemy i've got him and you have to trust when someone is saying hmm. that so hold my ale i've yes. got this yeah so it's it's really it fun better or worse than seafall <laughs> <laughs> um well, i'll just what be here laughing about? significantly but i was trying to think of the adjective i wanted to put in front of better or the uh, adverb. How about unequivocally? Unequivocally better. Um, and then there's I want to talk little, about... There's a little Seafall spoil, uh, uh, little teaser there. I want to talk about really quickly. I came in with three things I wanted to talk about, so I'll just kind of mention them very briefly. None of them are actually explicitly a board game, but they're all kind of recommendations that are board game-ish. We do so, like explicit recommendations yeah. on this podcast. First, yeah. um, like there's, a, there's a game on Steam that I think board gamers would be really attracted this to. It sounds like a video game. It is. Is it um, pandemic? It's called Bomb Squad Academy. Um, you are trying to disarm a bomb, and it's kind of computer programmy and uh, puzzly. So if you're the type is of person who puzzles, it is not. Oh. I don't think there's VR capability. 
Um, but that, anyway, it's very fun. Check wow, it wow, out. Wowie. The second thing um, is a TED Talk about board games and about board games in the classroom. Oh, okay. That one's from okay. From a man named John Hunter. Um, he is the creator of the World Peace Games. And there's a documentary about him called uh, World Peace and Other Fourth Grade Achievements. He worked at a Montessori school and he created a world civ building style game for his fourth graders um, to learn about social studies and things like that. And what he did was he took 50 world problems, 50 problems that were occurring in the world, and he created a board that was four levels. It had the sea, um, the land, the sky, and then space. And uh, the kids represented different countries, different, like, there were five countries, and so the, each country had a prime minister and a treasury secretary, and a, and these are fourth graders, and they had to solve <laughs> all fifty problems in the world by the end of class on, you know, next month or whatever it was, and uh, they they held summits, and they they each problem was interconnected, so when you fixed this problem, something kind of broke over here, and he did a really good job of kind of creating this thing that came together, and uh, he has a really great TED talk about the process and about. Um, about working with the kids and seeing the way that they would run the world versus the way that our world leaders would run the world. And so if, if that's something that sounds interesting you interesting to you, learning through board games, which is one of Spielbound's missions, um, I highly recommend you check out the podcast. Mm. Uh, it's a man named John Hunter. I can't remember the exact name of the TED Talk, but he, there's also a documentary about it called World Peace and Other Fourth Grade Achievements. And now he runs uh, classes and camps where kids can play the game. But. Oh, that's cool. I'll check it out. I love TED Talks. Yeah. That's and then I, the last thing, which I'll mention the most briefly, because it's probably the least connected to board games, uh, there's a new podcast out there called S-Town. Everyone should check it out. What is S-Town? Uh, it stands for S-Word Town. Poop. Uh, it sounds for <laughs> oh, poop I heard town, about Poop Town. But it, uh, obviously, <laughs> okay. I can't put that on iTunes. It's from the same people who made Cereal. I mention it because this is a <laughs> podcast, uh, but it's kind of like a true crime podcast very very compelling so everyone should give it a listen the sports radio show i listen to in the afternoons also said the same things about it it's very very good i'm, so I'm on you still listen three. to sports radio i do i'm so done with sports yeah. cody what have you been playing he played enter the dungeon welcome to the dungeon oh they, are you using that for yours too scott use that for his no that's what he brought up i that's brought what up. i brought he, he brought him hotel you're more than welcome to bring something up when you were talking about the fourth grade piece i was thinking of the what are the, the giant game where it's not mock you in, but people like represent countries and they come. Oh, in. the uh, oh, what is the, what are those called? Um, I don't know. You were telling me about it. I was. I was trying to get us to do one here at Spielbound. Uh, Watch the skies is the name of one of the popular mega ones. Game? Mega games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of sounds like a mega game. For we need to do. Days. We need to do one of those. Um, so l I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk about what's coming up in a month. Also, what we talked. I mean, eloquently up the. The use of the English language has never been so pithy I and, actually, and simultaneously flowery as when we spoke two weeks ago uh, on the Lost recording of PretzCon. Cody's not up. being facetious because I had a transition that made you guys stop and go, wow, for like two minutes. We did. We did. I don't remember what it was, but it was A good. car driving by uh, I, honked their horn. I remember. We were talking about Floyd's game. Uh, Stowaway 52 and I said Floyd that's not the favorite thing that's not my favorite thing that you've ever created my favorite thing you've ever created is Pretzcon oh that oh, was man he got to bring it back Shakespeare I think actually I heard a, I heard from Britain that Shakespeare's grave flooded because he was it weeping was weeping tears at the poetry 
It was awesome. Okay, we still get some fishing. So let's course. start. What is Cody? What is Pretzcon? So Pretzcon is a three-day board gaming convention here in Omaha, held by the Pretzes. It happens to be their last name. There happens to occasionally be pretzels, um, but not all the time. And it is definitely not the well, focus. Well, there's a bag of pretzels in every bag. Yeah, so not every bag, but every swag bag. Well, I'm sure people. Everyone gets bags. a swag bag, though. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, there are other bags at the convention, like full okay. of games and things. Those don't have pretzels. In True them. enough. Okay. Why uh, is Prescon amazing? Prescon is amazing because it starts on Friday at noon and runs through Sunday late afternoon, five, six. I don't remember exactly. Uh, if only we brought a pretz on with all the details. Uh, so from beginning to end, the entire focus of the convention is playing board games. There are vendors, there are some booths there of of uh, just various things. You can buy knickknacks and you can buy, I'm sure there'll be a couple board game retailers there as well. Um, but they're around the edge. The focus of the convention is board games. It's just tables and tables of games. When you sign up for PretzCon, they have an interactive site that gets shut down about two weeks prior so they can actually print it off. But you can sign up to host games and it auto puts you on a table and... You can go on that site and you can just you can plan out your entire weekend. You could play games wall to wall, planned out. You would know exactly what you're going to play. You know, it's amazing how many games you can get played in this weekend. Or you can just do open gaming. You can also do that, Scott. What is? How do you Pretzcon, Scott? So I don't ever go to schedule games at Pretzcon. Last few years, I've worked the Spielbound booth, which involves playing games with people who happen by. Or who are already there, and it's literally just open gaming where we play something and then find more people who want to play and play something else and play something else. Um, but it is cool if you are new to the hobby and don't have a lot of board gaming friends. It is cool to have the schedule because then you can be like, well, at noon I'm going to go play Eclipse, and at three I'm going to go play Terraforming Mars, and mm. at five I'm going to go play Terra Mystica. Yeah, that's a long day. Yeah, that's <laughs> if you if you did if you played those three games, you had the best day ever. Uh, so this is at the Ralston Arena. It is in the last weekend weekend in April, which I think is the, the 28th, 28th through the 30th. 28th through the 30th. Now, we have some pretty big news regarding PretzCon. We will be hosting a live uh, Spielcast at PretzCon this year. Sunday at 11, it will soon be showing up on their website as an official event that can be signed up for. There will be about 30 spots, I believe, Uh open for people to watch uh and we're gonna make it interactive are we jeff Uh, Jeff, why should people sign up for this so there's a couple reasons why you should sign up first of all um we are hilarious on your podcasting app i think we can all agree with that uh but we're even better in person we're even better in person you would be surprised to know that our podcast is not very heavily edited so this is raw and unfiltered (laughs) right here Okay. As opposed to in person where we edit the crap out of our No, I was saying that in person, like, it's not like we're not funny and we cut out all those bits. Like, this is what you get. Um, But you get to see our hilarious facial expressions when Cody, like, spills beer all over himself, um, which happens. (laughs) And at 11 on Sunday, I'm sure he will be drinking a beer. It's possible uh <laughs> i actually don't know if alcohol is a lot at this convention center i doubt i don't think it is but anyway um uh, the other reason why you should i'll bring red solo cups perfect we can play some flippy cup the other reason why you should come um is 
like I said, because we're awesome. But the, the second reason, we will most likely be also hosting after the live Spielcast. What, Cody? A game of Werewolf. We're going to create an event for that, too. So you can sign up, play Werewolf with us uh, right after the Spielcast. Now, we will be doing a game. We've tasked Jeff with doing a scott and cody versus the listeners game much like we do here on the on the spielcast can it be Um, eclipse trivia uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm not gonna say we're gonna give something away oh we'll give something away not say we're gonna give something away but i wouldn't not not i'll just grab all the bad games off my shelf so there'll be zombies the winner gets a (laughs) winner gets a copy of rattle battle crap no i'm just but we we will almost certainly give uh, have a giveaway associated with uh, with this billcast as well. We'll do, take some questions. It'll be fun. yes. So you need to bring your questions. So if you have questions for us, definitely. So we we decided to make it a, a thirty seat uh, thirty seats for that live recording, so that one our six listeners could get in, and then also <laughs> maybe twenty four passersby would hop, hop yeah. in and have a seat. So yeah, that, do we have six the, listeners? I think so. Do we have six listeners that will be at PrezCon? Uh, so you can maybe buy. <laughs> they will be now. They should be. They you should. can buy tickets for PrezCon at the door. You can. So you can oh. sign up for PrezCon right now on PrezCon.org. Groovy. They are so come group. show up. Think about a question you want to ask us. Play Werewolf with us. Play Werewolf. Play the game, which is Cody and Scott versus the world. Mm-hmm. And then also... Because all that matters in the world is our listeners, right? Check out check out all the other stuff that goes on. I know there's a, usually a Catan tournament that's part of the official Catan World Qualifier. I believe there's going to be a couple, well, at least one or two other tournaments going on there as well. I think my favorite thing about PretzCon, and I've actually never been there, so this is all word of mouth. Um, this will be my first year ever at PretzCon. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't go last year Join because us. I was out of town. Um, but anyway, uh, my favorite thing is the play to win library. Play so over the win. weekend, let's not talk about this again. There's a play to win library. Play to win library stinks. What? I love the play to win library. How it's do you, it's free ever. games. Okay. So I want to explain what the play to win library is and then I'll tell you why it stinks. There's a library of what? donated games by publishers. You are welcome to check out any of those games that you would like. When you do, you get registered each time you play it, you get entered into the drawing for that game. So at the end of the convention, they take all the play-to-win games, they reach into the pool of total plays of that specific game, and they draw one name out. That person wins that game at the end of the weekend. Uh, I exclusively did it last year. I won zero games. (laughs) I enjoyed the crap out of it, and I ended up buying uh, Favor of the Pharaoh. No, I didn't. I got it as a gift because I wouldn't shut up about how great that game was. but that had probably a little bit of the what was what did you call it the the newness that game of it. does not hold up doesn't hold up as well, but I still like it. That game was all about the hype. So the reason I don't like the play to win library is because people are like, let's play play to win games, and they want to play different play to win games, and they're playing games where they might have played like something good or fun that they wanted to play. They're just playing games for the sake of trying to win a so free game. Scott, no, Scott doesn't Scott doesn't like the play to win library because it forces him to play games other than Eclipse. Yeah. No, no. I want to go back it, and say, I actually am going to disagree with you that Favor of Pharaoh doesn't hold up. I do think Favor of the Pharaoh <laughs> holds up. I want to rewind and I want to say okay. I like it. It's okay at three players. It's not okay at six. I guess the new one's only four the players. Only one, the new one only plays yeah. at four. It, it's a dice-checking extravaganza with a little bit of an Egyptian theme on it. So I played it when it was called To Court the King. And they fixed it from then. Uh, at PrezCon with six players, and it was one of my worst gaming experiences. Oh. 
But uh, going ha- back to PressCon, I last, just last like, year, I want to take no. I want to take a quick time out. Do you read your email, Scott? Do you know the upcoming list of member sale board games? Is it favorite? <laughs> yes, I don't. But at least we know that you really like that game, yes. and I don't. Also, join yeah. us next time for the Seafall yeah. podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to walk it back that much, but I will walk it back and say. <laughs> Favor of the Feral is twice as good as to Court the King. To Court the King was not. The problem with there was two big problems with to Court the King. Number one, there wasn't enough difference game to game. Number two, mm-hmm. it played six players, and I played it a couple times. I played a five and a six player game. Uh-huh. It was way too. Because well, you've got to wait for one person to like resolve their entire. Yeah, you have turn. to wait to randomly chuck your dice forever. Yeah, yeah, waiting for five people to go to only take. So you're only playing one sixth of the time. That's not so great. All right. Well, I may or may not cut that part of the podcast out. Okay. But last year, Cody, I, I vividly remember Saturday night thinking, "Oh, this is awesome! It's like 10 p.m. We're gonna we're gonna play the awesome stuff because that's what happens Saturday." Everyone's like, "I don't want to go home early on a Saturday. I want to play mm-hmm. the cool stuff at 10 p.m. like Eclipse or Werewolf or yeah, Betrayal yeah. or whatever, Battlestar Galactica." And both you and Marcus, I tried to play <laughs> get, get you guys to play games, and you're like, "No, no, no! We got to go to the play to win library." And I'm like, oh, "No, yeah. let's play what we want to play." Played some awful game about lawn mowing. It was so bad. Scott, you don't like when you do the play to win library. You can actually discover something new that you like. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like binge watching the same show on Netflix over and over versus trying to find something new. No, yeah. I wanted to play Reach new out. stuff, but I wanted to play stuff on BGG that had you know a rating over six, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Right, or enough. seven. Scott's being cynical. Not every so, game in the play to win library. Is so to no, summarize, there were good games, but it, it behooves you to play new games. Like it, so specifically, if there's a game, a bad game about lawn mowing, the only people who can win that game are the people who played it. Therefore, if you go through the play to win library and you say, "Oh well, no one's played this game," so Cody was filling his Christmas list for the next four years. Did you so, win, Cody? Did you win? I won no games. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so to summarize, play to win entirely optional. You can do it or not. Uh, they have a raffle. There's going to be tournaments. There's going to be us. Uh, they have a really awesome cheap concession stand there. The raffle uh, is awesome. Yeah, the raffle is awesome. I will just say, show up early on Friday and buy a bunch of raffle tickets. Yeah, that's because, how you do raffles. Because even if you go in thinking you're not going to get a raffle, any raffle tickets, like halfway through the day, you're going to be like, oh, wow, so many people win a game. Like every hour, like I should oh, get my yeah, raffle yeah. tickets. In. And then I you- have heard a rumor that they might do slightly fewer because it was like egregious like oh they did one every hour and it was a little i would i'll admit it was a little annoying when you're playing a game and the people at your table would be like well wait wait let's hear the raffle announcement and then they kept winning games mm-hmm. that, that's a little Scott, annoying. you might be know. the least fun person i've ever met i hate it when my friends win <laughs> yeah, things I, know, I do hate Ugh, it interrupts my game playing eric and caleb won a ridiculous amount of games. They won a ridiculous amount of games every Yeah, And there's always a couple of really good ones on yes. that on that raffle. And then they have a final raffle at the very end, which is just like a, a ridiculous it's amount. It's the final three minutes of a fireworks display. It's just like, you get it. They just get. They just play Oprah. Yeah. They're just Oprah. So, PretzCon, go get your tickets. Sign up for stuff. And it really, like, don't buy your tickets at the door. Buy your tickets early so you can go online and sign up for games and, and agree to host games and all kinds of stuff. So do that. Uh, next up on the list of things to talk about is. What? I don't know. Our challenge is. Oh, yeah. We need to do the topic of the show. Topic of the show. Topic of the show. We have a topic this show? 
Yes. Yeah. So forty three million. Uh, we then, are. Man. It is April third, third, fourth, fifth, two thousand seventeen. Better not be that late. Um, fifth. We, we didn't. We missed the, the April Fool's joke. Yeah, we did. We could have had an awesome one. Uh, which officially puts us one quarter into the year. So let's have a tiny update. On our New Year's resolutions, our challenges, we should be a quarter of the way through. <laughs> uh, let's see how, let's so go I'll, to the I'll tape. Go let's see how we're doing. Now, luckily. Jeff, um, uh, remind us, what challenges have you taken on this? Well, my, my biggest one was to play 200 unique games. Okay. And that was the exact wrong challenge for me to do this year. Not because I'm not <laughs> playing a lot of games, which I actually am playing fewer games than normal just because I'm busy. I'm taking classes. I'm teaching. Um and I'm just a generally busy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other reason why this is not necessarily the best challenge for me this year, I have played a, a total of 88 sessions, which is pretty good for a quarter of the year, and that's an average of about one per day, little little under one per day. Um, but those 88 sessions have only been spread across 31 games. Oh. So I have played, just to kind of give you a sense. So you're, you need to, you need to, you're like 19 games behind. I, I need to diversify. Um, so just to give you a sense of how it, why that is, I have played Gloomhaven a total of 22 times. Good night. I have played Kingdom Death Monster a total of 17 times. And I have played Hanabi, which is my next highest, a total of eight times. And then once you hit Hanabi, it goes Santorini at six, Star Wars Rebellion at five, Arkham Horror the card game at three, Seafall at three, Discount Salmon at two, and then everything else is at one. So mm-hmm. it's um, – my, my problem is that I, I, I'm deep diving into these games. Most of my gaming sessions are taking place with Gloomhaven and Kingdom Death, which I play Gloomhaven every Monday, Kingdom Death every Thursday. And sure. usually we throw in an extra session of Gloomhaven on Sunday. You play a lot of games. Um, but I'm not playing a lot of different games, mm. which was my goal. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that because these two games – and I can tell you I'm going to be playing a lot more Kingdom Death come summer because that's when the Kickstarter comes back, hopefully. Um. So these two games have occupied so much of my time that I haven't been able to diversify. That being said, I'm okay with that. I'm really enjoying these two games. So, it's, it's great. So my question is, uh, just overarching thoughts then, is is the fact that you've created a challenge for yourself, is it changing the way you actually play any games? Is it causing any stress? Is it awesome? Is it causing good vibes? Is Has there been any effect because you decided to do the resolution good vibrations so, um good vibrations. there was at first i think i was trying to play something a little bit different and i had already at at the beginning of the year i was playing kingdom death and so i thought okay i'll play kingdom death on thursdays other days of the week i'll play everything else i want mm-hmm. then you add in gloomhaven on mondays then you add in gloomhaven on sundays then you add trivia on wednesdays so i'm not playing games on wednesdays then you add, oh, I have classes, so I probably won't be playing games on Friday or Saturday because I'm going to be doing homework. And then on Tuesday, I'm just tired. Like, it, it did for a while, I think. And then once mm-hmm. I added in the, just those two huge games that I'm playing, and again, loving, um, it just it drags down my number of games played. Sure. So I'm really happy with how the year's going. I'm upset about the way my challenge is going. And who knows, maybe I'll have like a surge in the summer when school gets out of different and unique games Mm -hmm. but i think for right now my challenge is probably gonna go on one but i'm okay with that because i'm playing games that i'm really enjoying Hmm. uh i can go next Uh, cody i took two challenges how are they coming uh my first challenge is a 10 by 10 i created a list 
I didn't publish it anywhere. It's right. just sitting in a jacket pocket. Wait, wait, wait. You got mad at me because I didn't publish my list. No, I got mad at you because you didn't create a list. Right. That's true. So my list is I want to play the 10 best, most awesomest games. And they some of them haven't come out yet. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so I would say on that front, I am way behind. I don't have... I've only played four of the games on my 10 by 10 once. Are you going to publish your lists right now? No. Uh, and Spielcast exclusive. Cody's list is okay. not coming out right I'll, now. I'll, I'll, gonna do I'll take a picture of the, of the thing okay. and send it out um, by the end of Wednesday. But I've, I've, that's not the first time I've said <laughs> that. Uh, the most I've played any of my games uh, is three of my 10 Ooh, by 10. You are I'm behind. really behind on the 10 by 10. Uh, that being said, I'm much closer on my other challenge, which I'm actually more excited about than my 10 by 10, which is play it or sell it. I want to try and play every game on my shelf. And I or give it away. You don't have to or give it away. It, yeah. yeah, play it or get rid of it. Um, and there's 130 unique games, not counting expansions, on my shelf. And I've played 26. That's a good, that's pretty good. So yeah. I, I'm about eight behind, but so I was stressing about it a little bit. Well, only if you don't sell or get rid of any of your games. Yeah. But you're also a teacher, and so your your beginning of the year is very busy. Summer is when I get this stuff done. I've got a really big bro weekend that I play a ton of games on. PretzCon is coming up. That's going to be massive. Yeah, I go to a cabin. Do you have to play your copy of the game? I no. Okay. No. Um, No, because he's got some sealed games, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, they got to get unsealed, though. I definitely need to unseal. So I would say. Uh, because it's making me look forward to the summer even more than I normally do as a teacher because of the uh, the prospect of really like deep diving into uh, my games list. Do you, so, do you have an excuse mm-hmm. as to why you have not done better on your 10 by 10? Because I had an excuse for mine. I do. Uh, I <laughs> What's do, your excuse? Kingdom I, Death that, and I've, that I've been Gloom playing Hayden. those two yeah. so much. The reason I would I would attribute is that I bit off. I I decided that I wanted to play games that are I I want to play but I never play. And it turns out the reason that I never play these games is because I don't like diving into heavier games very often. And so I put a lot of like two hour playtime games, and. I'm, you know, yeah. during teaching season, I'm tired. Two, oh, hour, two hour play, yeah. It's it's weird how uh, after Spielbind has been open for so long, it's like now if a game is more than an hour, I'm just like, I don't know. Mm. Unless yeah. unless Jeff calls me on a Saturday night and says, do you want to play Star Wars Rebellion? Then it's on. That happens a lot, actually. That's on a school night. Uh, Scott, how has your... Well, wait, let me, well, yeah. let me hold the mirror up to you. Have you okay. found that these challenges have... Uh, either giving you a little undue stress or made you play games differently or affected you in any way? I would say they've definitely given me some stress um, just because, you know, I want to get these games out. And there was a reason that I didn't get them out before. And it's highlighted. It's at least causing me to, like, highlight those reasons because I'm putting even more pressure on myself to play some of these games and I'm still not playing them. Um, So I would say it's caused a little bit of stress. But I think that's outweighed by the anticipation that it's created in – and also of either playing these games or honestly, like getting rid of them. Like it's okay to get rid of them. I set a, I I set a a goal, and I, at the end of the year, it's fine to get rid of this game if I've never played it. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Like, and there's there's definitely some like good psychological juju with doing that. Um, I just happen to not be good at purging. I'm not a hoarder, but I, I'm on that side of 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 even i'm definitely on the i'd rather acquire things side uh scott how has your challenge gone 
So both of my challenges have gone great. My eight by eight. What? <laughs> and my play every game in my library. His chameleon challenge. Okay, my ten by ten, whatever, same difference. Yeah. Um, I I didn't write a comprehensive list uh, for my ten by ten at the start because I want to play my favorite games, um, and I want to play. I wanted to have played some recent good games like Terraforming Mars and Alice Guy. Mm. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I want to play Emotep like ten times. Um, and part of that is. I like the deep diving on games, um, which is why I really like the challenges because when something like Welcome to the Dungeon comes in or Barony, um, I like experiencing a game from the first time I play it and being like, oh, this game's awesome. To the Or, or conversely, oh, this game's terrible. But sometimes mm. I'll play it a fifth time and I'm like, oh, this game is, is better than I was thinking. Or, oh, it's a little reductionist for, for, for this reason or whatever. Did you add Welcome to the Dungeon to your 10 by 10? Oh, yeah, it's definitely on That's- there. That's cheating. Come on, that's no, not a. I you can't cheat on these things, man. He's doing. I, I explicitly resolution. said like, well, because that was one of that was one of my weaknesses going back, uh, in terms of board games, especially now that I'm doing a podcast. Is I was not incredibly topical with my gameplays. That's true. I wasn't playing necessarily stuff that was brand new. Mm. I was playing whatever just happened to be put on the table in front of me. Um, and of the three of us, you're probably, or at least you were the worst at playing. I I will have no idea when a game originally came out. Like if it gets put on the table in front of me. Um, and it's, it's kind of helped in that, like welcome to the dungeon came out and I played it six times. The beauty of that now is you can just go by production quality and tell how old the game is. (laughs) Like the best games from 2013 don't look nearly as good as like really mediocre games. There's some of that, but Kickstarter's thrown a wrench into that too, because that sometimes kickstarter means stuff has really good components and sometimes kickstarter means stuff has fine components and sometimes like like there's a lot of newer publishers too who have upped their game in terms of of components oh hey speaking of kickstarter no you finish yours then i'm gonna have a tiny thought a tiny that tiny is it the size of an insect it is a very important insect um so the other thing i'll say about the the other challenge i have which is player get rid of all the games um, I, I, I like that. I think it's had a positive impact on me because I was literally like, I should have people over to play games more. I should have like game days. And like in my mind, I'm just like, well, if I have people over, like my library will get played. I'll maybe it'll help my 10 by 10. Cause maybe I can get terraforming or terra, terra mystic on the table 10 times. I don't think it's probably going to happen, but mm. maybe how um, many games do you own Scott? Uh, like two and a half shelves worth. So what, 60? Five times six is 30. Yeah, probably about 80, 85, 90. Okay. I have, I have stuff in, in um, like, boxes and stuff in my basement. I don't, ha- I don't have more than 100. I haven't bought games since Spielbound <laughs> opened. Like, really haven't bought a lot. Um, but I, I'm also, like, just don't like things. Like, I'm a huge video it's game player. Me. I just don't own any video games. Like, I just never got any joy from owning something on a shelf. Like, I enjoy playing stuff, and I enjoy the memory. I enjoy, you know, logging to play or whatever, talking about it. I just, like, owning something just doesn't give me any joy. So my first instinct when he said he doesn't like ha- owning things, mm-hmm. I was like, um, I've seen your house. But then I remembered he had a two-year-old, so. Yeah, and I Who have a wife. Who loves owning oh, things. Oh, she. My wife refuses, like, oh. So, so it would be one thing if she didn't like to get rid of stuff. So um, should we just tell Scott to just shut up now, or do we let him keep going and then you, enjoy You got to give me enough rope to hang myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pull I, you back from the uh, from the edge right now, Scott. I, I will just say that, um, you know. So to segue, or no? So that's yeah. That's both your challenges. You're doing yeah. good. You feel yeah. h- how likely do you feel like you're going to succeed in them? 
I don't think I'll. That get was it. a that was a master of a sentence. That it sentence was. was beautiful. It only had. I'm a little worried. About <laughs> it only had three I was not paying attention to the it. words I was saying while I was saying them. Great thing to do while you just, you're on a podcast. You interjected a couple semicolons, which are underused. No, there was no, <laughs> there was no grammatically correct semicolon usage in that sentence. Grammatically, though, it was grammatically correct. Yeah. That's not a word. Which is why it was that correct. So I, I'm not going to get a 10 by 10. I just, I realize that yeah. I'm not. And, and I especially realize that because I'm like, oh, I've played Barony six times. And I'm just like, I'm not going to suggest times. that it's ever put on a table again. Not that I have a problem with Barony. I think it's fine. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Like, So maybe there's just too many games out in the world to play any one of them 10 times. Or maybe to play 10 of them 10 there's, times. Yeah. I, I think what I'm trying to say is there are going to be a couple games this year that I like that I think will be good enough to play 10 times. I don't think there's probably 10 of them. Hmm. Uh, so, thus concludeth the topic of the show. Uh, that was stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I, I want to give a tiny shout-out, or a big shout-out, a B-size shout-out to our friends Marcus Ross and Kara Heacock for their at Water Bear Games for their successful Kickstarter of bees with five E's. B-E-E-S. Bees. Uh, they successfully kickstarted. I think they hit about 170%. They reached a ton of stretch goals. Um, reached all the stretch goals. So I think we can officially say the hashtag Spielcast bump is a thing. You're welcome. <laughs> We're just as big as Colbert. Yes, exactly. If you backed Bees, congratulations on a successful yeah. Kickstarter. If you didn't, shame on you, but... You might get another chance. Spielbound did get buy some copies. Yeah, Spielbound and did a retail We will have pack. our copies as soon as or sooner than any other retail store, so... Yeah, we're very excited about that. I think they were saying Gen Con release. Yeah, but it's Kickstarter, so... Yeah, which Gen Con? We're hoping we can get it before that. What do you mean, which Gen Con? <laughs> It's Kickstarter. I mean, eventually it'll be before a Gen Con, but I, 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 I think that they're pretty optimistic to get it out by Gen Con. I think that's a pretty optimistic date, but I'm not going to say they aren't. I mean, right. there, there's some credibility there, so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed there. But congratulations to those two. Uh, I will say when uh, Rado runs through played, uh, played bees. Like when that video popped up on my feed, I was like, what? Like I kind of freaked out a little bit. It was a very hyper-specific yeah, his, his level of nerdiness. wife was there, wasn't she? Yeah, she was actually there playing it, yeah. It always, whenever he was like... Jen. Yeah, yeah. whenever it was like, Jen moves here, I'm just like, I don't think you have a real person in your life, do you? <laughs> but apparently he did. Like, not in a bad way, but, you know, I mean, a guy who does a show, which I've watched a lot to help me learn the game, but the way he did it just kind of seemed like maybe she wasn't real, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> you don't approve, Jeff? I, I, you're being very judgy I'm today. That's all I'm saying. I'm not judging at all. I'm just like... We That's a like really I, sad alternate reality, though, if that is true. <laughs> yeah. like, that would be like the biggest like, news story of the year. Like super popular. Rado doesn't interview. have a wife. Yeah. And it's just a picture of him like looking sad. It's just Monte, Monte Teo, <laughs> the linebacker for Notre Dame. Never mind sports. <laughs> That was a really, uh, right. was a really was, bad old, old pop culture yeah, reference. You're welcome. That wasn't universe. the type of old pop culture reference like Back to the Future that sticks around. Like Marty. that one let, came and went. Yeah. Uh, so are we playing a game? Yeah. Let's do a quick round of 20 questions. Quick round of 20 questions. I got a game. Go. Scott's got it queued up. Uh, does this game support six or more players? Yes, but I had no idea it did until I looked it up on Board Game Geek. 
Oh crap. So Okay. okay. Don't don't okay. I'm not gonna yeah, don't even think about that. I'm not even gonna charge you a question for that. Num- Whoa, not even going to try. It's a free question. Back First question. Because, because I explicitly don't want you thinking that it's an eight player, you know. Okay, that's fair. Like, I don't want you like, oh. Um, was the game released on June 1st, 2014 or later? No. So this is an earlier than 2014 release. You said June. Yeah, I don't I think. I meant I don't January. Think, I don't, oh yeah, okay. God. I was like, I don't think I would know what month it came out. <laughs> did you, did you, I meant January. Would no, that change no, your answer? it okay. is not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was this game released before December 26th, 2013? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, that's not my question. Uh, so we've had just one. Uh, does this game use worker placement? No. Does this game have cards? Yes. Does this game have tile placement? No. Does this game use card drafting? Nope. Cards. Does this game have a board? Yes. Would you classify this game as an Ameritrash or a Euro game? You, that's not a yes or no question. Would you classify this game as an Ameritrash over a Euro game? Yes. Ooh, Ameritrash. And meta game. question. You do know that at least one of us has played this, right? Oh, yes. Okay, cool. That's not a meta question. That's a real question. No, that's a meta question. No, we, it's no, not. we established uh, in previous... He gave us the free question. one earlier. That's fine. Okay. Because that's... He also didn't count a couple of other yeah. questions, so... How many? We're at eight. Yeah, we're at eight. Yeah, we're hammering through these. Um, so it has cards and a board. It's an Ameritrash. Was game. this game? Say it's before two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Was this game released after January first, two thousand six? No. After January, so it's so before two thousand. It's an yeah, early two thousand five or earlier. Um, doesn't have card drafting. Doesn't have worker placement. Does, does have, have cards. cards. Um, does this game have dice? Yes. Ameritrash game with cards and dice. I mean, Ameritrash game. A kind of Ameritrash-ish game with cards and dice before 2005. Plays six, but we wouldn't think that it does. Yeah. Plays more than six. What are the mechanics? Are they? I'm wondering if... Are, I don't know what year control? that came out. Um, does this game include combat? No. Oh, I okay. was gonna was uh, was for thinking. a minute. I was like, "Is he? Did he pick Risk?" Oh, I didn't. I was thinking something else, but <laughs> uh, uh, did, so it doesn't have combat. Um, no combat mechanic. Does this game have either a role playing or storytelling element? No. Okay. Is this game cooperative? No. We just need to get one yes. So usually at this point in the game, are we at 14 already? 13. 13. 13. Usually at this point in the game, Scott's like cheering us up. Like, no, guys, you're doing better than you think you are. But I feel like we're just hot garbage right now. Yeah. Um. So it, it has dice, has cards. Has Doesn't a board, have card drafting or worker placement. Has a board. Placement. No card drafting, no worker placement. Pre-2006. No combat. It's competitive. Should we try a theme? Like Yeah, I, we've done horribly with mechanics. So yeah. We should probably move to theme. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Does this game have a farming theme? It's an Ameritrash game. No. Man. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> man. I mean, it wouldn't be fantasy or zombies because that would be combat. It wouldn't be like Cthulhu because that's combat. Mm-hmm. What Ameritrash themes don't have combat? 
like uh, pandemic, but it's not cooperative. Yeah. I mean, I'll just point out, you asked me if it was more Ameritrashy than... Yeah, I did. You're right. Is the game set in outer space? No. Cowardless. Do you own this game? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Don't count a question if your answer is probably. Okay. Okay, he doesn't know if he owns it. Okay. I don't know if I own this game. Uh, um, it doesn't take place in outer space. <laughs> it's not farming. I have a weird question that I don't think has been asked before, but it will definitely help in my brain. Is this game in a box that is equal to or bigger than the Ticket to Ride box? Uh, my response would be in which dimension? It's a, it's a long box. It's like a Milton Bradley long box. Game. Okay. I will. Yeah, I'll say it's, it's a long box. Okay. It's not. It's not fatter than Ticket to Ride. It's not necessarily taller than it, but it is longer. We're at sixteen. Was this game released before January first, nineteen ninety five? Yes. Would this be considered a mass market game? Yes. <gasps> So we have two questions to determine which mass market game it would be. So think, what are our big mass market games? We got Clue, Monopoly, Life. Clue, Monopoly, Life. Um, Payday, some of those ones. Yeah. I mean, did he not know Monopoly went up to six? Clue, he would know, goes up to six because that has like yeah. eight characters. Um, Clue. Um, we could ask, does this game have a straw? That's a subjective question, though. Um does this game have multiple... I don't know, because probably all of them have multiple versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, particularly mass market. If it's Candyland, I'm going to be mad. Oh. <laughs> uh, does Candyland have dice? No. No, it doesn't. Oh, oh dice yeah. and cards will help. Monopoly has dice and cards. Monopoly Life has dice and cards. And a board. Life doesn't have any dice, I don't think. No, it's a spinner. Yeah. So it can't be life. So life's out. It could be Clue, but I don't. I think he would know that Clue plays more than that. And yeah, Clue has cards. Clue has cards. Um, I think we're pretty whittled down here. I think it's probably Monopoly. What question could we ask that confirms it's Monopoly, but would open up other? Possibilities? Yeah, we could do something like: Does this game have paper money? God damn it! Yes. <laughs> you, you got one more question, question. Where you got to guess? Um, does the game have a real estate theme? Yes. If, do we each get a guess, or do we only get one guess? We get one guess. It's I'd, Monopoly. I'd we can't guess. We don't get a guess. I'm guessing it's Monopoly. I think he's right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna safety guess. Um, safety. Guess. I know that's how that's how not good we feel about <laughs> Is that. This. Like Payday. The, your backup girlfriend. Um, I don't have a primary <laughs> girlfriend <laughs> left alone. <a> <laughs> Yeah, way to go, Scott. What I, I've never heard of Payday. What is Payday? It's just one of the mass market. Is it like games. a Monopoly ripoff? No, the it's... game was Monopoly. Oh, we did it. I had no high idea five. that it played eight players. Internet yeah, high five. It does. That's oh, eight. Oh, yeah. yeah, I knew. I knew it played six. I did not know it played eight. Yeah, it does. Wow. There we go. It came out in 1933. It has. That's earlier than I thought. Set collection, trading, roll and move, auction. Player elimination. It was that box size question mm. that really gave it to us. Yeah, box sized. Yeah, that's actually a pretty. I think that's a good question because for me, for me mm. I think about things visually. Well, it's a good so. question for you if you know my games. 
That's is that why you were asking it? Like, where on a Scott shelf is? I don't no, know that I, I own an original Monopoly game. I have Nintendo Monopoly. Oh, gotcha. I own I own Hong Kong Monopoly. That's the one I own. It's really kind of weird because he uses Hong Kong dollars. So like the current like the you, currency is all weird. But yeah. do you recognize the street name since you lived in Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, what I'm about uh, it. I have a deluxe Monopoly with like a wooden box that my parents bought when our old Monopoly got all messed up. Let's play Monopoly, Jeff, because it will help you play 200 unique games. <laughs> I like Monopoly. We can I play just, all of our different versions I of Monopoly. I can't find anyone to play out. with me because I blew people's mind uh, when I went to the fish fry because I was telling them that in Monopoly, you have two choices when you land on a space. You can either buy it or auction it. Or auction it. And there's no other choices. Like, that property will be sold. And I'm like, nah, you can just pass. I'm like, no, you may not. You Playing may Monopoly not. by the rules is not bad. What if you put it up for auction and nobody bids on it? Well, who's not going to bid on a property for $1? Yeah. The people who want to prove you wrong? I don't know what happens in that situation. I think the first person has to bid a dollar. Hmm. I think there's something like that. Like, I've played huh. enough of the online versions of Monopoly. Well, I think I feel like uh, if we talk any longer, this Beelcast episode is just going to start to suck. So, or it'll get a rise. It might get a rise. It might get a rise. So, I think with that, we should say thank you for listening. How can they get a hold of you, Jeff? Well, if they can get a hold of me at Jeff Garst on Twitter, they can also uh, use the hashtag hashtag let Jeff email. And maybe, Hashtag Jeff's backup girlfriend. <laughs> and maybe um, we're, we're taking applications for Jeff's backup girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jeez. We'll find out um, how many people get this far into the episodes. Oh God, <laughs> Eric, you know Eric's going to send in an application for that just to Wait be a funny. Minute. What? <laughs> Eric would totally do that. Um, uh, you're you're welcome to apply on on other. People, places, and things. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to interact with that. Hashtag let Jeff email. Get Jeff a Spielbound Twitter account or a Spielbound email account. Go, Cody. I'm Cody at Spielbound.com. And you can catch me on Twitter uh, 4% of the time at Cody Jorgensen. No underscores. All lowercase. All one word. Scott, how can we get a hold of you? I'm at Scott underscore Odell. Go to pretzcon.org to reserve your space and check it out. Sign up to listen to us live. Thank you, Moon. Thank you. Thank you, Wind Protection Screen. Thank you, Jeff's backup girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Pretzcon. Oh.